Welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, where we talk to great bosses and those who build great bosses about what it takes to be a great boss. And now, here is your host, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders, Mac Monroe. Well, greetings, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. I'm Mac Monroe, the Boss Builder, and thought I would go back and answer some of the questions that have been emailed to me. Uh, this actually is my favorite part of having a podcast. I actually have some really great guests scheduled in the very near future, near future but uh, answering your questions is a lot of fun. And so if you do have questions, challenges you're facing as the boss, something that you want to ask somebody but you're not quite sure who to ask, please reach out to me. That is Mac, M-A-C-K, at the Boss Builders with an S, Com. So today we actually have three questions, and I will kind of summarize the question that each person asked and give you my thoughts on it and uh, see what we come up with. Our first question was from Alvin. Alvin emails us from Los Angeles, and so his question is centered around experience and wisdom. He's a little stressed because he's brand new to management. He has a boss who is really experienced, but he's not getting any kind of guidance or any type of mentoring. And so his question is along the lines of, is experience better than wisdom? What is wisdom? And how do we wrestle with all that? So uh, very good question, a little bit complicated. So why don't we talk about the difference between wisdom and experience? Experience is just what it suggests. It's something that you have either seen or done or lived with before. Um, I have experience living in various parts of the country and even living in different parts of the world. It means I have been there and I have done that. Now, wisdom is actually how well do you do things based on your experience. You probably know my background a little bit, and if you don't go back to the earliest podcast, the Intro to the Boss Builder podcast, you get a better idea of kind of where I came from. But I have had a whole succession of horrible bosses in my day. Often, I look back at that and say that's the inspiration for what I do today. Now, here's the interesting thought. You know, when I look back at maybe, you know, six of my absolute worst bosses ever combined, they probably had nearly 100 years of managerial experience, which means they have been there, done that. Unfortunately, that has not translated into great management skills. And I, of course, am a product of that, having lived with some terrible bosses had I not really thought about it, I might have wound up with some pretty bad habits. So here's the thing. Knowing and doing are two very separate things. And so, Alvin, in your case, you're just getting started. And so what I recommend is for you to start gaining the experience on your own, maybe through the use of a coach. Certainly listening to the podcast is a great idea, and there's many of the good podcasts out there. Um, learning what you can, taking some classes, reading some really good books. But that knowledge is not going to help you until you have somebody who can come alongside you and guide you, which will help you think wisely. So, you know, there's a couple ways to do it. What is the wrong thing to do? And obviously we don't do that. What is the right thing to do? And we probably could do that. But more importantly, what is the wise thing to do? Wisdom is something that goes beyond experience. It's, it's thinking through. And so your question was along like, which is better, wisdom or experience? Um, it's, they're both good, but you need to have both of them together. So do what you can to amass the right amount of knowledge, 
but then get yourself a coach or a guide, somebody who you can trust to say, help me with my thinking here. What would be the wisest decision to make here? And you'll find as you do that and surround yourself with wise people, you'll gain that wisdom. It won't take you all that long. You'll get to a point where people begin to seek you out, Alvin, and they say, Alvin, what is the wise thing to do? Because I have seen you in action. So maybe think about that. What can I do to start building my wisdom while gaining valuable experience? And just keep in mind this last thing. A good boss or a great boss, improperly developed, leaves a legacy of ruin on their way. So don't use inexperience as the best way to gain wisdom. Right now, gain some good experience by doing good things and getting good resources. Learn your wisdom from that. Hopefully that helps, um, and I wish you the best in your pursuit. Next question comes from Janet. Janet is emailing us from Nashville, Tennessee, so there's a very good chance maybe Janet was in one of my Sherm talks that I do because I do that quite often. But she's talking about this idea of how do you how do you develop self-discipline? And then as a build on that, how do you become better focused or more self-control? Again, two terms here. So Alvin had wisdom versus experience. Then Janet says self-discipline versus self-control. Well, there's a couple ways that you can look at that. So maybe, first of all, self-control is removing or managing things that make you effective. So let's just say that in traffic, you have a really, really bad tendency to get frustrated and give people the finger or or brake check them. Uh, Self-control means that you can control yourself from doing that. So that is almost a reactive thing. And self-control means that you can manage that. Now, that's no easy task, but that's what self-control is. Now, self-discipline is the act of doing things to actually get better. So remember, self-discipline means I can control myself, or rather self-control. Self-discipline means I'm adding things to my routine to get better. Maybe one form of self-discipline, you might say, I'm going to get up an hour earlier every day and I'm gonna read some management books. That is self-discipline. Self-control means next time I feel like I wanna take a swing at one of my direct reports, I'm gonna take a deep breath. So that is probably something your self-control you can do by, you know, deep breathing, right? Because deep breathing, what that does is it causes oxygen to flow into your brain. And that's what helps you think. It, it pushes back the idea of the cortisol, the stress hormone. So deep breathing. Maybe take some time to identify what your triggers are. What is the kind of thing that sets you off? And then how do you manage that or avoid that? Uh, Maybe getting yourself a coach. Uh, I often suggest this in my podcast, but for someone that has reasonable amount of skills, a coach can help you with your focus factor. And so if you are interested in a coach, a recommendation, I have uh, one that I recommend in particular. If you send me an email back to the same address, I can put you in touch with her. The, uh, the, the final thing then is maybe even with a coach, a 360 assessment. What a 360 means, and this takes a great deal of bravery, is that you ask peers, direct reports, and your boss to rate you across a number of behaviors. This is kind of like um, not so much looking in the mirror, because looking in the mirror, you get one dimension, but maybe having a mirror behind you so you can see what you look like from the back. That's what a 360 is, and that might identify some other areas that would require some managing. You know, you might say, wow, 
I am really self-controlled when I get under stress. And your peers and direct reports might say, uh, Janet, seriously, uh, we see you fly off the handle. 360s help you with that. That's some powerful information. It can be very hurtful, but I think sometimes it's important to know that. Self-discipline, on, on the other hand, means you're taking active steps to do something. So I, I always like to look at it in the triad of the mind, the body, and the spirit because I believe all those things need to be in balance. And so maybe some things to add self-discipline would be focused reading. And if you need a list of recommended reading, I think I have one on the website, or you can reach out by email. Podcast listening, you've come to the right place. I think my podcast should hopefully give you some pretty good stuff to work on. And I can certainly recommend several others. Going to workshops and going to webinars, uh, even my Boss Builder Academy might help you with that mind piece of it. But it's active learning to grow your skills. Now, the second piece is the body. And obviously, if you look on my website, I am not the picture of fitness. But I will tell you that I do manage to get out and exercise fairly regularly and doing what I can to try to eat right. That's important because really, if I go down sick, um, I'm really screwed. If I can't get out and work and do workshops and that, there, there's going to be serious problems. And the same thing might be for anybody in a, in a boss role. If you are not physically fit and if you don't have a good way to manage your stress, then you'll bring that negativity to your work. So think about what you can do, even if it's getting out and taking a walk and doing some deep breathing. The final piece of the mind-body-spirit connection is, is the spirit piece. And this is not about religion, but if you're a religious person, that might be a good place to focus some of your effort. But simple things like journaling, writing down, here's what happened today, here's the way I reacted, here's how it turned out, here's how I felt about it. Those are reflections, and, and that can be done. And even meditation, there's guided meditations that you can find online. There's an app, I think it's called Calm, and you can sit back with headphones on and you have some guy that talks you through different meditations. It's all on this faddish thing now called mindfulness, but the act of sitting down and reflecting, I think, is pretty healthy. So. Uh, so again, your question was around, is one better than the other? They're both necessary. Self-discipline means I'm at doing things to actively get better. Self-control means I'm learning how to control the negative things that I'm already doing. Hopefully that is useful. Our last question comes from Seth, and Seth is emailing us from Tampa, Florida. And Seth has a really interesting question. Uh, what he was asking me is, um, he feels like now that he's the boss, suddenly he has power maybe for the first time in his career he suggests and so he's a little bit worried with now that he's the boss and he's managing some former peers um, what should he do to get comfortable with this power well you know I have a pretty good analogy for that and it has to do with a chainsaw um, a few years ago my son who's now an adult and off working was here on the property I live on in Tennessee and uh, I have a lot of I have 32 acres, most of it wooded. So every now and then I have to, trees go down, I have to cut them up and I burn them. And so we were, we were working together and I had this big bonfire built and I was cutting the branches and throwing them in the fire and he was helping me. And then I said, Dustin, why don't you take the chainsaw and you cut for a while. And he just didn't want to touch it. And I said, Dustin, you know, you can't be afraid of the chainsaw. You have to learn how to respect it. Afraid means I'm not going to use it. Respect means I use it, but I'm careful. And I really believe that you can think of your power as the boss in terms of a chainsaw. Think of it as a chainsaw. And so there's really three conditions that you can find yourself in. And this is how the mindset normally goes. So you might say, if I, um, if I am kind of afraid of my power, I will underuse it. 
But that's good because I think my people will love me if I do that. But in actuality, what they do is they take advantage of you and they laugh at you and they show you zero respect. They know you have power. It's not like you can hide the fact that you have power. So if you say, I'm not going to use it, they're going to think you're a big wuss and that's not very useful for you. Now, the second extreme then means, okay, now I have this power. So I'm going to get aggressive with the power because if I do that, my people are going to obey me. Well, that is also counterintuitive because what happens then is that people are terrified of you and somebody who's afraid of you will give you the bare basic minimum just to stay out of trouble. And so if you're looking for people to give you their best work, they won't because they're terrified that you're going to jump all over them. So with the chainsaw, I think of like Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's, th that's terrifying. No wonder a person doesn't want to use a chainsaw or when they hear a chainsaw running, they go in the opposite direction. But the ideal is maybe the third condition, or maybe the second, I guess, if we're jumping around. And that is, I, I want to get confident with my power. I know I have it. Based on my title, I have power. Well, the mindset says, if I'm confident with my power, my people aren't going to like me. Well, here's a newsflash. When you're the boss, you're not going to be liked by everybody. This is just what happens. We all need somebody to bitch and complain about. And the most I guess the best option is to bitch about your boss. You do it about your spouse or your partner, man, that's trouble right there. So maybe the mindset is if I'm confident with the power, people aren't going to like me. But here's, here's the honest truth. People will respect you. Respect doesn't mean they love you, but respect is like the chainsaw. If I respect it, I can get the max performance out of it. So Seth, I'm going to encourage you to own the fact that you have power as the boss. Own it. Because you got it. If you fritter it away or you misuse it, it could be taken away from you. And even worse than it being taken away from you, it will not be respected. And therefore, your people will either be terrified of you or they're going to laugh at you. And you might actually fail in your role as the boss. So I don't know, maybe a little tough love for you, my friend, and for Janet and for Alvin. Uh, hopefully information that was useful. That goes for anybody who's listening in. I'm here to answer your questions. If I can't answer them, I have a just a wide range of great associates who specialize in some of these areas, and I can certainly refer the question to them, get the answer, get right back to you on the podcast. Well, before we close, let me just uh, put the offer out again. If you are in the boss role and you don't have any formal training and you need to get some formal training, I want to strongly encourage you to consider my Boss Builder Academy. Boss Builder Academy is the online, web-based, video-driven management development program I put together. It's a series of short videos, five to seven minutes in length. You can watch it on your mobile device and monthly have an open forum webinar where you will be in a forum with people from all different parts of the country and the world. And the good news is you can ask your questions and people can offer answers. You're going to find there's people with more experience than you and even less. And we do that every month. The Boss Builder Academy used three different versions of that. Just check it out at www.thebossbuilderswithans.com. So until the next time we get together, best of luck. Get out there and work hard to become the best, absolute, wonderful boss you can possibly be. Goodbye. You've been listening to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast with Mac Monroe. To get more information on being a great boss, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or at Mac's blog, macmonroe.com. Until next time, 
Get out there and be a great boss.